for a while, my family lived just north of Manhattan in Mount Kisco, New York, up the Sawmill Parkway. We lived in a house behind the church where I worked. It was basically behind the church parking lot, and behind our house was woods. And Emma and Caroline and I would spend some afternoons exploring out in the woods. There was a certain rock where we would eat a picnic. There were tombstones even behind our house. And as we continued to explore back there as little children and I, we found a wall, a low wall that ran farther than we could explore, a kind of wall made out of stones that would have been a marker or a boundary wall from the time when that land on which we lived would have been a farm or a pasture. New England is full of these walls, these stone walls. The stones are a testimony to the rocky soil and all the work that had to be done to make a life. Every year, the earth churns up new stones. And so every year, the soil had to be tilled and tended and seeds planted and food grown, but before all of that, all of these stones had to be taken out of the ground. And they were taken out of the ground and built into things like homes and walls for making good boundaries and keeping livestock safe. Even digging in our backyard just to plant a few bulbs for daffodils was hard, and the trowel would immediately hit stones and have to dig them out. But we made the garden because daffodils are beautiful. And in the soil, there is life. Our text for this first Sunday in Lent takes us back to that first garden, that garden of Eden where life was easy. And it was Augustine in the fourth century that decided that this story was about original sin and that that sin had something to do with sexuality. But before that, this story had been around for several thousand years, and it was understood in many different ways. And the rabbis think of this story in part as a coming-of-age story, or as a pourquoi story. Pourquoi? A story that simply explains how things are. And so, 
if we were going to hear the story in that way, updated for today, I think it might have gone something like this. God says to the first humans, Adam and Eve, I love you dearly, my children. And this garden is your home. I have worked on this every day since the beginning of the world. Literally. So enjoy it. Appreciate it. Take your delight in it. Accept the tree of knowledge. And Hebrew scholars are consistent that it is the knowledge of good and bad. That evil is too heavy a word for here. Eat it, and your life here will be over. And so there was joy in the Garden of Eden, and the first humans had a wonderful existence, and life was easy and pleasant and good. And the humans grew into teenagers. And they may have even gone to college in the garden. And they were still in the garden. And Eve had redecorated her room a million times with DIY, or DIY, that's it. And Adam had collected so many collectibles in Minecraft that he did not know what to do with all of them, and God did not know what to do with these humans. And so one day God nodded to the serpent and said, okay, go on, do your thing. And finally, the woman got curious. and courageous to think for herself. And she ate the apple, and she gave it to her husband, and he ate as well, and God was secretly delighted that the human beings were finally going to grow up. They were going to know good and bad and have to take responsibility for their choices and their actions. God wanted no longer infantile humans. God wanted partners, co-creators, made in God's image. So as a coming-of-age story, It is about human beings growing and being able to know good and bad as God has taught us. God has shown you, O oh human being, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. God has shown you what is good and what is bad, so now you must make your own choices and your own decisions and take responsibility. And that's life outside of Eden. It could be that nothing really changed. It was just that when you could see good and bad, there was no more perfect garden. 
But life outside of Eden meant that there was work to be done. And some of the work was hard, really hard. And there were babies to be born. And growth never comes without pain. And so there was pain and there was pleasure. And there were beautiful gardens to grow in God's wide world. And food so good to eat. And life in the soil. But there are rocks in the ground as well. The power of this creation story is not so much an original sin, nor of God's punishment of humanity for all of eternity. The power of the story is the truth that we live outside of Eden, and that that is okay. And in fact, it is good, and it is honest, and it is true. A while ago, Scott Peck this is generations ago when Scott Peck wrote The Road Less Traveled. And one of his first sentences in the book is, life is hard. <laughs> and it's such a relief to read that. Life is hard. There's honesty and there's truth. But God raised us up. To be partners. God is with us in that which is hard. And God gives us good work to do in tilling the earth, in tending the soil, in watching life and beauty rise up from the ground, in gardening outside the garden. Lent is a time to look at our gardens the gardens of our own hearts and souls, the gardens of our lives and the lives of those around us, and what needs to happen for life to flourish. Because Lynn is all about preparing our soil for the new life that is coming. In our own lives, there may be some weeds of resentment to pull up. What will an honest look at our lives show. There may be parts of our hearts that still need to soften and thaw for anything new to be planted. And so that we must ask ourselves, what compassion do we need for our hearts to soften? What confession do we need to speak for our hearts to be open to grace? What tears need to fall on hard ground. In our public gardens, we know that the soil has gotten very rocky. As we seek to care for the earth and tend to the well-being of our neighborhoods and our nation, we are running into rocks and boulders. And you know the names, racism, anti-Semitism, fear of the other, out-and-out hatred. And to plant new seeds of hope for life to spring up, we're going to have to do the hard work of digging up some stones. And then taking them and building walls that form good boundaries. 
and homes that help keep all people safe. So this week I've been thinking about these gardens and the stones. And I was in a situation recently that brought me to thinking about some stones that have been dug up and carved and engraved and put in places to mark sacred ground. The tombstones in the Jewish cemeteries that have been knocked over and broken. And while it seems like they've discovered one man responsible for some of the more than 100 bomb threats, it still doesn't take away or help solve or shed the truth on the cemeteries in St. Louis and Philadelphia and Rochester. So what got me thinking about all of this was I was in a conversation with a friend who's a cantor at a nearby synagogue, and she was speaking about the bomb threat that happened at the Jewish Day School in Rockville. And I wasn't even aware of all of the threats. And I heard her talk about how her temple, Temple Emmanuel that she serves at, all of the extra security that they had to get and that they couldn't really afford it. And then I found out that she is from St. Louis and that her home synagogue was part of the synagogue associated with that cemetery. Hesed Shel Emet. And I was so moved. And I asked her, as we walked out of our, our time together, I said, is there anything we can do? And she said, the Muslims have taken care of it. That's what she did. She said, the Muslims have taken care of it. And that's the truth. A Muslim activist began immediately to raise money. And then other Muslim communities have joined in. Muslims to be in solidarity with Jews have gotten together and are standing against hatred and fear of the other. They've raised $100,000 and more, enough to repair these cemeteries, and it just keeps coming. Oh, the Muslims have taken care of that. Is that not just the fabulous... Oh, the Muslims. They've... they've. And this is what I mean by gardening outside the garden of getting into the rocky soil. There was one person in that St. Louis cleanup who wore a sign that said, Palestinian Muslim. And together they worked to scrub one of the tombstones. Now that's getting into the dirt and lifting up some heavy stones to plant seeds of hope and kindness and friendship. The season of Lent is 40 days. And then if you add in the Sundays, we get a few more. So really, we've got about 45 days left in Lent. And for some times, we think about this as, okay, how many 
days can I really go without chocolate? And I don't want to diminish that as a spiritual discipline because there is something about giving something up that just keeps us mindful of God's presence in our lives during these 40 days and our need to rely on God and not on chocolate, which I said, this is a spiritual discipline. But there's also different ways and spiritual practices to mark this time. Rather than thinking, oh, we have 40 days, we could think, we have 40 days. We have 40 days, people. We have 40 days to prepare for new life, to plant some seeds of hope, to sow some kindness. So what can we do with our 40 days? What will you do? 40 prayers? 40 acts of kindness? Maybe you'll use it to get your neighbors to know one another better, just to sow some seeds of kindness or dig up any rocks that have formed between you and people in your community to just keep you from not knowing one another. Does it take 40 days just to get people together? 40 days. Will you read 40 pages of the Quran just to get to know what it says? This is all about turning our lives in new directions, putting ourselves in the light of God's truth. Maybe it will be 40 days of gratitude simply to soften our souls with all the good and beauty that is before us. At the end of our lives, the sheer force of God's love will roll back the stone of death and we will be finally open to the new life that God intends for everyone. But until then, there's gardening to do. There's land to till. There are stones to clear away. And it's hard work. And it's good work. And there's life in the soil. Thanks be to God. Amen.